All right, what up, H-Town Houston Holla Podcast here. It's been about nine days since we've got an episode to you guys. Uh, we've been super busy. Uh, Joey and Lance here, as always. Lance has been working super hard. I took a few days off for vacation with the family, but we are back, and we have missed you guys. What's going on, Lance? How you doing today, brother? Nine times. Nine times. I'm good, man. I'm just... Uh... I'm rolling on the backwoods of Deweyville, Texas. You ever been to Deweyville, Texas? I have not been to Deweyville, Texas. I mean, it's about as far east as you can get into the pine woods of East Texas on the Louisiana border. All right, damn it's lucky. Nothing but, it's, nothing but, it's nothing but log trucks and crawfish farms. Oh, wow. I'm lucky you even have a signal right now. You eat some crawfish yet? No. Uh, it's kind of out of season. Okay. But I did find a nice little Exxon station at the corner of Highway 12 and 87 out here on the border of Newton and Orange County. Woo! Damn, man, you're out there. Dang right. All right. So, Gotta do uh, my thing. Gotta do my thing. So we got a big night tonight. Uh, I'm thinking about buying lottery tickets just in honor of the lottery <laughs> tonight, huh? Yeah, we've got the NBA draft lottery tonight. Tuesday, June 22nd starts at 7 p.m., Big night for the Houston Rockets, as we all know. We've talked about it several times on the show so far uh, this season. And, you know, there's a lot could go right and a lot more could go wrong. Uh, There's huge implications tonight. So the Rockets, they've got a 52% chance of landing a top four pick. And they've got a 13.9% chance of landing the number one overall pick, along with Detroit and Orlando, I believe, who have the same odds as Houston to land the number one overall pick. And so big implications uh, as far as falling inside of that top four pick. <clears throat> we also... Yeah, so one year... Um, did the Rockets work? The Rockets one year... Maybe the Yao Ming year or maybe the year before that, weren't the Rockets like an outsider looking in and the Knicks had the most ping pong balls and the Rockets got a top pick? Didn't something like that happen a few years ago? Yeah, it, it it was a while back, but in 2019, Adam Silver completely changed the uh, draft draft lottery odds. Wow. So right. it works a little differently now. He he did it to prevent more tanking. It doesn't prevent it completely, but you know. So we'll see what happens. We also have a 48. 48- it, it, it prevents like the 12th best team in the league getting the number one pick. Yeah, uh, so there's a, there's a lot of stuff going on tonight, man. I'm pretty nervous for this, you know. So a part of me is excited, but the other part of me is like, okay, Houston luck. We're going to end up with the number 18 pick. So, you know, who who knows? We, we'll see. I can't wait. I'm excited. So, yeah, if you don't know what we are talking about, bottom line is on the Russell Westbrook deal, basically the Rockets, through a couple of different trades, got – a 18th pick back through Miami, correct? Yeah, so what what happened was uh, we sent a 2021 top four protected first round pick to Oklahoma to seal the trade. And they have the fourth best odds at the number one pick behind us, Detroit and Orlando. And uh, in that three-team trade, the Thunder also owned Miami, Miami's first round pick, which is locked in at number 18, no matter what happens with the draft. So if we fall out of the top four, Oklahoma is going to give us the 18th pick and that's where we'll fall in in the draft. So 
We'll see what happens. Associated with CP3 or with Russell Westbrook? That's going to be with Russell Westbrook. Gotcha. So just just disasters all around. We lose great scores, but hey, maybe we will prevail. You know why? Guess who's pulling that ping pong ball, baby? Akeem. Akeem the dream. Oh, won. He's not going to fail us. 25 years ago, he won us a championship. Here we go. Today, he's going to win us the number one pick in the draft, baby. Let's rebuild. Yes. Yeah, let's do it. So, like I said, 52% chance of landing in the top four and a 48% chance of landing the number 18 pick. So, it's going to be one through four or number 18. There's not going to be anything in between. So, of course... Let's hope for that top four pick. I want the number one pick, and we'll see what happens with it, man. I'm super excited. We've been speculating. We've been talking about what, ifs, and who. And tonight is the night we find out at least half of that equation. Right. I, I, it, it, it's either feast or famine, man. I mean, with the 18th pick, the Rockets might be last place again next year, honestly. Yeah, most definitely. That's what we have to dwell with. And you know who's not happy about that? Uh, Tillman Fertitta. And the reason why he's not happy with it is because uh, – I'm not going to say the guy's name, but I'll give him a shout-out after I do sign up. But I have been getting my emails, Joey, for season ticket renewal to the Rockets game. And I get a a 10-game package, and I have some credit on my account from the cancellation of the COVID year. And so I'm sitting here thinking to myself, do I really want the tickets? Do I really want to carry them over? if we don't get a top four draft pick. I mean, it's a huge, huge financial burden that's going to be placed on the Rockets organization because they will they will not fill the seats after already struggling to fill the seats with good teams there. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I know. You know, you can get like 10 tickets for $100 to whatever games you want to with the Rockets. Like, you give them $100, and you want two tickets to five games, they'll give you 10 tickets. Oh, yeah. Tickets are going to be super cheap next season. That's for sure. It doesn't matter if we land the number one pick or not. You'll be able to get a $6 rocket ticket next season. It's going to be up top. Like, there's, literally, there's not the a bad seat in the Oh, yeah. Most definitely. All right. So I've got an interesting, fun fact here. Who do you think is the most successful decorated number 18 pick of all time? To give you guys an idea of what we're looking at if we fall to that pick. What's your guess there? The most- 18 pick in the NBA draft? Yes. Scotty Pippen. Juwan Howard is the most successful number 18 pick of all, all time. Right. Well, he, he didn't play he didn't have a really good uh he didn't have a really good NBA career, but he's a pretty good college basketball coach. Yeah, you know, he was kind of just uh, – he played for 19 years. Look, the guy played, and he was a journeyman. He did win two rings, not with a large role, but that's kind of the idea, Houston, of what we're looking at if we fall to the number 18 pick. Uh, a Jawan Howard-type player. Maybe get a little bit of longevity out of him. Probably not the most Maybe. talent. But you're going to have that guy that always wants to dig in deeper to go a little farther to, to prove himself a little bit more. That's yeah, the kind of guy you're looking at with that kind of pick. You never know. Uh, Anthony Simons a few years ago <clears throat> fell to number 16 for Portland, and he is looking like a young superstar on the rise. So you never know with the kind of talent that's out there these days what you're going to get. But, of course, we want that top four. Well, yeah, you want the pedigree is what you want. Like, when you get out of the top five, especially in the NBA, you start losing a little bit of pedigree. You know what I'm saying? 
there's there, there again, we talked about this before the show. You know, do you want to play with good guys or do you want to play with dogs? You know what I'm saying? Yep. Like when it comes down to it, Chris Paul is a dog, you know? <laughs> and he's a bulldog and nobody likes him and he doesn't like anybody, but he just gets his business done. So speaking of that, who do you got? You got the Suns like in five? What do you got in that Clippers series? You know, so they made an announcement this morning that Kawhi did not tear his ACL. It's just a knee sprain, and he is not being ruled out to come back if this if this series goes to five games. So we'll see. I uh, It's going to depend on Kawhi because the Clippers do not stand a chance at all without Kawhi Leonard. So they have to win one or two in the first four to have a chance at this series, but I'm going to say Suns in five. I think the Clippers will win one game. Gotcha. Mm. I don't know. I, I I think the Suns are just so red hot. I remember watching the Suns without CP3 um, right, right before COVID hit, right? Yeah. I want to say that would have been I – mean, and we're so old now, and it's been so slow. So COVID hit 2020, so like maybe like November, December of 2019, right? Yeah. Early season Rockets-Suns game. And, man, I mean, they were impressive without – CP3 on the court, right? Yeah, man. Uh, you know, DeAndre Ayton was that number one pick four years ago. Everybody expected big things out of him, and he has progressed a little slowly, I believe, but he's getting there. I think he's finally starting to at least tap into his potential. I have not been very high on him the last couple of years based on his number one overall pick status. You know, I thought Luca and Trey Young, guys like that have have produced and just outplayed their number two and five pick and by the way I don't think any team lost that trade the Atlanta Dallas trade but you know then you've got Devin Booker who I've always thought has that potential and he shows it year after year but CP3 coming to that team was the best thing that could have ever happened to Devin Booker or DeAndre Ayton just solely for their maturity I felt like both of those guys could play but they they just D-Book wanted that 60. Give me that 60 piece, and I don't care if we lose. And CP3 was the kind of guy that just comes into the locker room and just brings that winning mentality, brings so much knowledge. And I think, you know, even if he doesn't play, him being there is just the best thing that's ever happened to that team. So I'm rooting for Hawks versus Suns. Is that what you want to see? Yeah, that's what I'd like to see. I think it's going to believe. I think it's going to be Milwaukee and Phoenix. And I just, you know, I I said going into the Brooklyn Milwaukee series, whoever wins this series is going to win the championship. I do believe either of those teams would have been stronger than Phoenix. And I like Phoenix, and I like Devin Booker, and I love Chris Paul, and I I like DeAndre Ayton. But I just I feel like the momentum going in is is going to be Milwaukee and Phoenix. I'll tell you what was very cool on Sunday night was when Trey Young took off his jersey and ran up to his father in the stands and tossed it up to him and said, Happy Father's Day and going to the conference finals just for you. So I thought that was pretty cool. This kind of speaks volumes about the current generation of basketball player that's oh, yeah. being produced in the United States of America. You know, and I'm not dogging anybody from the Barkley Jordan era. I don't know why I just said Barkley and Jordan or the Kobe Shaq era, you know, I'm not or Kevin Garnett, Kobe era, right? I'm not dogging anybody from Zion Williamson's era, but I mean, there, there's, there's a different cat that's playing basketball right now. And you know what? They're all about, they are about business. I think their fathers and their leadership 
and their coaches, they, they, they developed a sense of, it's not just about being good. It's not just about and one crossing over and making that guy fall, James Harden. You know, it's about being consistent and being a true team leader and playing good basketball with good basketball IQ, you know. And Trey Young, like, just everything that he does, the way he manages the game, the way he doesn't force shots and let the game come to him. I mean, dude, that Atlanta team, to me, I'm jealous. I'm jealous of that basketball team. But maybe it's just because I got Clint Capella love in the back of my mind, you know? Maybe that's what it is. Yeah, man. Uh, I've been a little I've I've never I've been a little outspoken about kind of what I just said about Devin Booker when it comes to Trey Young. Trey Young doesn't care about winning. Give him he wants his 45 points and he doesn't care if they lose by 30. He wants that stat sheet. And you know what? I'm eating my words because I have absolutely fallen in love with watching this kid play basketball this season. <laughs> right? You know, know. And he's just amazing. He he's amazing. He played like crap the other night. I think he shot 5 for 23. Shot like 18% from the field, but he still found a way to help his team win. He he moved yeah, the ball. Not like he's been struggling from the free throw line. He knocked down all four down the stretch. Yeah, and how about Kevin Herter? Uh, where'd this kid come from? He came out in the same. Came out. I in, love college basketball. He played at Maryland, or I have yeah. no idea who the guy is. I think he was a turp, but he did come out in the same draft as Trey Luca and all those guys. I think he was the number nineteen pick. But that guy came out of nowhere the other night, and you know he put the team on his back himself. He had a couple of really big threes down the stretch to put his team up and to help seal the lead. And that was an awesome series. That Philly Atlanta series, every single game was a nail biter down to the very end, and it was just awesome. I loved watching Trey Young win the other night. So, basically, basketball is fun to watch now because we are at that peak point, Western Conference, Eastern Conference Finals. Um, but I just got to ask you, while you're on vacation, I mean, did you miss any Astros games, or did you watch, like, all of these games in this last nine-game win streak, whatever they got going on? Uh, you know, so we did our thing during the day. Went to the beach, went out to eat for lunch, went out to eat for dinner, and then we got back to the uh, little Airbnb we rented, which, which was a beautiful room, by the way. It was, And no, I was streaming the game on my phone. You know, kids are playing on their tablets, wife's watching TV, and I was streaming the game, the games on my phone, so I did not miss anything. Gotcha. Well, they're rolling from what I've seen. Yeah, eight-game winning streak, won nine out of ten, uh, and they are rolling. They came out of... The stretch that we have called the gauntlet, they came out on top. They came out like gold, and that's been minus Yuli and been minus Jordan and Michael and Bregman all missing significant time over the last 30 days, and they are just rolling. Uh, so I've got a fun fact here. While all of you guys out there that have just been dogging our bullpen, we suck, they suck, they're not going to win anything with this bullpen, the Astros' bullpen has allowed the fewest hits in the MLB. While they suck out there, everybody, they have allowed the fewest hits, and they have just keep in mind again that they are young, and they have been coming through when it matters. You're going to have a bad day. You're going to have a bad game. But to come out of this 30-day stretch that we just came out of with the record that we did uh, and beating, just absolutely crushing people the way that we did, they have been performing very well guys so try and take it easy on those young kids as a whole they've been they've been doing really well i think the 
craziest thing ever. And they say hitting is contagious. But how about the guys, like the Astros are just pulling up these dudes and they're coming up and replacing the Bregmans of the world and going four for four. Like, what's up with that? Yeah, did, so, we know, did, we, did we know that was going to happen with this court team? <laughs> uh, or is it just coincidence? So Abraham Toro, he's been called up uh, a few times over the last few years. And he's never really super impressed me. He's had a couple of good games, but he's had more bad than good. He He's one of those guys that I've always said he's, he's a minor league player. He's going to have a minor league career. But, you know, in the three games he's played for, for Bregman, I believe he's something like seven for 11. He's had a few really big defensive plays. And so he's doing his job. He's taking advantage of his opportunity. I don't think he's an everyday guy, but he is taking care of business right now in Bregman's absence, and that's what we need. So... I mean, give Shout. a dude an out, man. He might produce a gallon, you know? Yeah, for sure. Uh, so the good news about Abraham Toro producing the way he is, he's going to be up for the next week or two while Bregman's probably still out. Honestly, Alex Bregman might be out until about August, guys. So get ready to not see any Alex Bregman until the end of July, early August. So we're going to see Abraham Toro a lot more than the next week that I just said. I don't know what I was thinking, but if he keeps producing the way he is, Look for that to help his trade stock. So, you know, trade deadline's coming up in July. And if Abraham Toro, Toro can hit five 600 over the next six to eight weeks, look for that to be a huge help in the, in the trade department because that's something we're going to need. All right. So we got a lot of numbers here. So the Astros have won how many in a row? Uh, eight. Nine out of ten. They've won eight games in a row. And then tonight we're looking at pick. One through four, so we'll say four better. And then if we lose it, we get pick 18. Okay? Yeah. So I got number four, number eight, number 18. I need three more numbers from my lottery ticket. What should I go with? What do you think? Uh, so we got to throw. I'm, thir- buying, I'm buying a lottery ticket in Deweyville, Texas today. Number 34 for the dream. Oh, that's great. So, man, we got lots of fours and eights, 18 and 34. We need some odd numbers in there. What else we got going on, Joey? All right, let's... Uh, in, let's... Honor, in honor of the beard choking, should I do 13? I'm just kidding. That's just a knock at you. I know you love them. Yeah, and so <laughs> I wasn't even going to talk about that Brooklyn series. Thanks. Uh, so let's see here. Well, I mean, that was just that was, that was was just bad basketball by both teams, especially in the last three games of the series. So it's not worthy of being talked about. And you are right. If you look at Joey's Facebook post and responses, the beard put up numbers, but he did give away the ball at the end of the game. But you know what? The orchestrator, the conductor of the band was Kevin Durant. He pulled everybody in there. He airballed the shot at the end of the game. So whether you say, well, Harden passed him the ball, we don't know how hurt or not hurt Harden was. And the bottom line is Kevin Durant, you airballed it. You gave your mama a hug. You lost the series. Sorry. <laughs> So Kevin Durant did not lose that series. He just scored. He had the best game seven ever in NBA history. And he was literally maybe, maybe a quarter inch away from sending Milwaukee home with that buzzer beater. Maybe. Yeah, his toe, his toe was on the line. You're right. Barely. But it was. And he put up a hell of a performance. He did it pretty much on his own. Joe Harris missed wide open shots. James Harden missed wide open shots. Kevin Durant did it all by himself, and he lost to the better team. 
Uh, and it so, sucks. So, so did Harden lose the series, or did Harden's injury and Kyrie's injury lose the series? Uh, injuries lost this series. You know, it, it was a, right. it was amazing to me that Brooklyn went up 2-0 in the series by a combined total of 52 points only to get more injured and take it to a game seven, you know, and people are calling that choke job. Well, I'm, I'm sorry. Two of the best players in the league were injured and Kevin Durant was not going to beat that team by himself. So shout out to KD yeah, for just, taking I it did. seven games. Yeah. I just, I mean, the durability of Harden has been so good throughout his career. And for him to just all of a sudden, I mean, he better have some kind of surgery or be like seen not playing summertime pickup ball. Because you know every summer he goes back home or he goes out. He, you see him in gyms like just hooping with other athletes and other sports. You oh, know, no, no, no. He confirmed for the Olympics, which training starts next week. But this hamstring hurts so bad. But you are going to join the Olympic team in five days. I don't freaking get it. Yeah. Sit at home and heal, so, dude. I agree. There's plenty of good basketball players. He, he has been the NBA's version of Iron Man over the last 11 years. Until this season, until the end of this season, he had played in 96% of his career possible games, which is just incredible. But if he's really this hurt, I don't agree with him playing Olympic basketball. Okay, I, agree, so- I, agree, I agree with you. It's going to be bad. It's going to be a bad slip on his resume if he's like crossing over some Serbian dude, you know? <laughs> well, that's going to happen. I don't know if you've seen the roster yet, but there's no way in hell they're going to lose. What I'm saying, if he, if James Harden himself, are you talking about the Serbian roster? <laughs> no, I, I, w- I was talking about the U.S. roster. No, I'm saying if James Harden is putting some dude on skates from Serbia or Spain or wherever, right? Yeah. And everybody's talking about it. It's like, well, can we get rid of the media frenzy? Can we talk about how, you know, he didn't take a shot in the fourth quarter or whatever he did the other night, you know? Yeah. Like, if you're putting, if you're putting up numbers and you're scoring, how many points did he have? 23? 22. 22 points. You scored throughout the game, but all of a sudden in the fourth quarter, you got allergic to holding the basketball. Well, I think with, they... three, minutes, with three minutes left, you got allergic to holding the basketball. But maybe somebody, you know, maybe Kevin Durant said, I want the ball in my hand. No, that's what happened. That's what happened. You know, at that point, they realized James Harden was like four for 20 or some crap, and the game was coming down the stretch, and Kevin Durant said, put the ball in my hands. That's what happened. Mm, Crazy, crazy, crazy. All right, so we got four, I'm gonna go with thirteen. I'm, I'm gonna go with thirteen. Okay. I'm, I'm gonna go with the unlucky number. I'm gonna go with James. There we go. So who else can we throw into the mix? What other What other story is hot in H Town right now? H Town. What kind of stories we got going on out there, guys? Let me think for a second. You know, I really came into this episode only ready to talk about the Rockets and the Astros. Uh, well, we're good with the Rockets and Astros. We can just chill it at that. Yeah. Well, okay. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. How many applications of aloe vera did you have to put on after your vacation? Freaking zero. And I have an amazing story for you guys. Listen, I go outside in the sun for 15 minutes and I am tomato red. And then I peel and then I'm white again. I do not tan. And my wife said, look, 
Put your pride aside. Try this freaking mineral suntan lotion. It's called mineral. Never heard of it before because I don't pay attention to that kind of crap. I talk about sports. That's what I do. I don't talk about lotion. But she made me buy this mineral sunscreen lotion. I was out in the sun for three freaking days, dude. Not even get sunburned. Not even a little bit. And I'm so happy about it. Yeah. I mean, I put it on. I put it on every 10 minutes. Don't get me wrong. But, you know, it worked. I usually do that and still end up sunburned after two hours. So that's awesome. I think I found something that'll finally work. So my pasty pale ass can go out in the sun now. Crazy. All right, Houston. I got got my sun and I moisturized. So my melanoma is just kind of seeping into my bloodstream. You know what I'm saying? Hell yeah, Houston. Lance is moisturized. I moisturized, bruh. Come on, man. Come on, man. I got to put that lotion on these arms and that nose and those ears, man, because they get a little bit toasty. Oh, yeah. It's been hot as hell. Oh, my gosh. It's going to be a brutal, brutal, brutal three months. But you know what? Cool down with an ice-cold beverage or maybe a little root beer float or a snow cone while you're driving your car throughout the roads of Texas. Listening to a little Houston holla. You know, I can totally picture you driving around eating a little little tiny snow cone. <laughs> I mean, if I see a good snow cone stand, they're getting my business. Hell right? yeah, brother. All they right, can't Lance. Pass a good piece of shaved ice, maybe blue coconut flavored, maybe a little little lemon lime with a hint of wild cherry. Hell yeah, bro. You That's st- good stuff yeah, right there. Yeah, you strike me as a blue coconut shaved ice kind of guy, Lance. I love you, brother. Do I really? Uh, yeah, you do. I love some blue coconut. I like it when your mouth and your tongue turn blue. I like that. That's kind of, it's always funny seeing kids do that. I was that kid. I walk around with my purple grape tongue from the Bluebell ice cream popsicles. Remember those? Yeah. <laughs> Remember when they used to be like a dollar ninety nine for a box at Kroger? Now they're probably like eight ninety nine. Yeah, they're like twelve <laughs> bucks. All right, Houston. Well, what, it was fun getting back to you guys. Lance is on the road. He's got to get back to work. Lance, I'm ready for you to be home, man. You be safe out there, dude. Weather's terrible. It's hot. It's raining. Go sell some roofs, some solar panels, and get back to Houston safely, man. All right, I will. See y'all later. Hugs and high fives, y'all. Hugs and high fives, Houston. Holla.